Welcome all. Welcome to the Orisha podcast. This is Chief Yuya of the Anu Nation. And uh, I know it's been some time since we've spoken, but of course, uh, as you probably all know, those of you who subscribe, which is the best way to tune in, um, you know, we bring forth when we're called to do so. So in this segment, I wanted to speak very briefly about the energy of the stars. You know, a lot of times in our Arisha studies, um, we focus our energy and our eyes mainly towards the ground, towards uh, what we would consider to be earth elements, like the rivers and the oceans and the seas and the lagoons and, and the mountains and, and the trees and fire and even um, uh, metaphorical concepts like the crossroads and, and things like that. And often we don't uh, really learn much about the connection that uh, all of these sciences and all these studies have with actually what lies above you know, the planets and, and the stars and, and the moon and the sun and how there is a direct relationship with those elements or with those energies and those what some would say heavenly bodies, you know, as they're called in some traditions, um, with this beautiful and dignified tradition. You know, so a lot of times um, when we're studying, uh, just like I, I gave the information on Egg Bay, there is a correspondence for our earth energies to our uh, extraterrestrial energies. And extraterrestrial would be anything outside of the, the terrain of, of the earth. You know, stars would be considered extraterrestrial. The sun would be considered extraterrestrial. The moon, uh, so forth and so on. Uh, the various planets that have been recognized within this this particular solar system would also be considered extraterrestrial terrestrial, <clears throat> you know, but um, just like some of you may also study astrology, uh, oftentimes uh, some people don't recognize that, yes, things have a consciousness, forces have a consciousness, and just like Onile, or the earth itself, you know, our home, you know, Ile, as many of you know, is, is the home or the house, uh, the spirit of the home, Onile, you know, that inner consciousness of the earth means that there is a consciousness, <laughs> that the earth itself has a consciousness. Well, there's no reason why you shouldn't imagine that if the earth uh, has a consciousness and we give offerings to it, we pour out libations on the earth, in the earth, you know, uh, that the other planets or, again, heavenly bodies would also not have a consciousness. So, you know, it's just kind of by basic dedu deduction that you would imagine, of course, that... Um, if our great ancestors, those of those of them who were great, were able to connect with and, and navigate and communicate with the consciousness of the created physical planet, that maybe they were also curious, you know, in, in all of their millions of years of being about the consciousness of some of the the other planets and in particular uh, how they relate to the various paths of Ifa, you know, and those 256 Odu, because there is certainly a relationship. And I know a lot of times that, um, you know, people sometimes try to make correlations between things that are not necessarily correlated or they get the time periods confused. <clears throat> you know, um, sometimes there's even certain ideas in terms of Ifa and it being uh, an experience or a science that is solely used by the Yoruba, but 
Of course, this is this is incorrect. I mean, you have uh, a binary form of divination that's primarily identical to Ifa in South Africa. Uh, you also have one in, um, in you know, the the Sufis, you know, in Islam, use a form as well where they scr- where they they uh, mark into sand, as opposed to Iyerosun. So just like you have the studies of astrology and the planets and, and even numbers, which we'll get into at another time, you have the studies of um, astrology and things like that around the world. You know, of course, it would make it wet its way, excuse me, into Ifa or out of Ifa. And then it would be represented in other places. You know, that's, that's particularly, you know, that's, that's not problematic. And, you know, sometimes the dogmatic energy of individuals who seek to kind of monopolize all of the world's wisdom, it, it keeps their world very, very small. You know, in Ifa, we have uh, the Odun Iwawo. And, you know, Iwawo itself is a word that means stars. But there's actually a place <coughs> in, in um, the Oyo region. It's a town uh, by the name of Iwa, Iwa, Iwawo. And, you know, um, Sometimes, for those of you who are familiar with the Orisha Oko, O-K-O, Oko, um, you may have read um, some of his information or heard his praise songs before and heard him referred to um, as Akba Iwawu, Akba. And Akba means, you know, like, like, an, like an, an elder, you know, so uh, he's considered to be the elder of the town of Iwawu. So you'll see, you know, it, it means that he's the elder. Um, so there's a direct correlation for those of you who are familiar with the agricultural archetype, Iwawo. Uh, and not just agriculture, let me just say fertility. That's probably a better word to use because um, Oko uh, also we know is the name, depending on how you pronounce it, not only for the farm, it's called uh, Oko. The garden hole is called Oko. Um, a husband is called Oko. That's why you use the term like Okorin, you know, but Oko is the husband. Um, the penis is also um, named Oko. And sometimes just a word for man sometimes is Oko. So you see there's so many different correlations there. And I'm going to get into Oko. I did it. I did I think I did a segment on Oko, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I did actually a long time ago. Um, that's that's in the block block talk radio archives. It might be somewhere here on YouTube too. I don't know. You'd have to do a, a search. You know, we have we have almost I think close to a thousand segments now. So um, I know I've recorded things, but some things are primarily on block talk radio. Some things are on YouTube, and some things are on the new the newer podcast format that you're you're probably listening to now so um sometimes i get a little you know uh, mixed up as to what platform we uploaded it to you know so um but it's there (laughs) nonetheless and it just requires a little bit of search and scholarship on your part but you know like i said that iwawo is that that energy of that star and sometimes also if you're studying the Orisha that you're working with or maybe that you've been, um, for some, they use the term crowned with and, you know, maybe initiated to, sometimes your your elder, your instructor 
will tell you about Iwawo. So let's say if you're you're uh, you've been committed to, um, we'll say Oshun. Sometimes your elder will you'll hear that term Oshun Iwawo. You know, <clears throat> and what that means is the star of Oshun. So does that mean that each Orisha has a star? Yes, it absolutely does. You see, it absolutely does, and you know, there's an important aspect there with the stars because in, you know, not just in tradition, you know, but even in recent times, stars were used to navigate. You see, so there is a direct correlation between navigation and stars, even in terms of agriculture. We go back to Oko. You know, uh, when certain stars were visible in the, in the, in the, the sky, that was a time or a chronological indication that it was time to harvest. You see, so there's always been a very direct connection between farming or agriculture and the watching of stars for signs, which you you can read in different holy books as well. You know, the watching of the stars, that the stars were placed um, in the upper firmament to be a sign. You know, so there's that idea of, again, using the stars really for a form of divination, but um, also for um, uh, kind of a, a energy of, of navigation, if you will. And of course, many use the planets for the same, those who are steeped in, in astrology and, and things like that, you know, which is not a, <laughs> a false science. Uh, it's just the problem with a lot of people, the way they practice astrology, they make it an absolute science. And that's where they lose it because your astrological um, kind of learnings and explorations are primarily going to deal with what's going on with your physical, with your body. You know, so in the same instance, if I'm born in a certain, you know, time period or a certain time of day or a certain region, we can look at my natal chart. And the natal chart will give you some information or give me some information about my my spiritual disposition. And your spiritual disposition is your personality. You see, your personality, the person that you are, the person that you become, those are all just movements of your actual spirit. You know, so it, it's not really an, an absolute science in a sense. It's, it's a stepping stone science, no different than numerology. You know, anytime you're using nature to determine what you should do and what you shouldn't do, that's a level, that's a step. But then you come to a point willfully in your growth and in your development where you can <clears throat> not necessarily be so subject to nature, but be an evolutionary force of nature. You know, so now you begin to determine what nature is going to do. And, you know, we see a little bit of that in the planet now, just in terms of the confusion that that nature sometimes goes through with um, just the, the the weather, you know. And, we, you know, for some, they realize, well, this is a reflection of the confusion of man. Right. But I digress because that, that takes us into a into a, another conversation that that's probably more like a, a chief you podcast combination. Those of you who are subscribed, you know, I, I do two different podcasts. This one, I try to keep it more purely. Arisha and the chief you podcast, I, I kind of give myself license to um, talk about. A variety of things. You know, I touch on Arisha as well, but I like to also talk about character and family building and, and all of those things that are connected to this science because that's a huge issue. 
you know, just as a, a side note, and it's one of the reasons why I don't do as many Arisha uh, podcasts or videos as much as I used to, because um, you have to be able to look at and study your audience. And sometimes uh, you're feeding them food that they can't digest or process yet, or they're uh, they're using wrong, <laughs> you know. So character, as a Rumila has told us, character is all that is requisite. You know, so you have that right in my book, Grasping the Rule of Divine Power. You know, I say that because it's it's important. And a lot of times we start to gain a consciousness of certain things without really gaining a, a consciousness of character first. And that's important. You know, so, you know, sometimes we, we want the rituals and we want the Orisha information and things like that. But we don't necessarily want to begin with the self-judgment that initiates all transformation. You know, your, your first judgment, you have to be able to objectively look at yourself. You see that in the sacred Odu of Iwari Meji. You know, it sees, we sees, with that Iwa Ori, you know, the character. Iwa is character. Ori is consciousness or head. So in Iwari Meji, we're, we're looking at the character of our own consciousness, the character of our head, and studying that so that we can then, <coughs> excuse me, uh, birth ourselves via the sacred Odu of Idi or Odi Meji. And D means to birth or to put. You know, so again, <laughs> uh, slight digression, but you guys know I, I, I like to um, I like to correlate points when I speak. Uh, even when I read, I like to do that. I When I read, if I'm studying, not just reading, reading, but when I'm studying, I'll tend to have maybe three or four texts in front of me at one time because I like to do a lot of correspondences. That's just the way my mind works. It's kind of like a web. And I, I just tend to process con- concepts a little easier when I can quickly make certain connections and correspondences to kind of support whatever it is that I'm, I'm reading or I'm, I'm thinking about, right? So, you know, of course, like I said, um, there are different planetary energies. There are different star energies that are connected. <coughs> and... um Sometimes when we're looking at um, the stars or the, or the days of the strong, for some of you may call days of the week, but um, we sometimes can get really confused. And that's where we, we talk about the value of Iwawo, the value of the star. Because Iwawo is an Orisha itself. It's a town. It's a place. There's a direct connection with the Orisha Oko. Um, but it's also its own energy. Now, why would star energy be so important? Well, the star is what connects you and anchors you in in not only your purpose, but your desire and your aspirations for life. You know, stars are very important in terms of that because they pull you and they drive you along to where you want to be. And, you know, like in any society where anything that you're saturated with, whether it be an idea, whether it be music, whether it be language or talk or whatever, you begin to be that thing. You know, what you ingest begins to be what you output and what you express. You can't get around it. No matter what, you cannot get around it. You know, if you surround yourself with with harmful, injurious music all day, eventually your thoughts and your standards are going to be harmful and injurious. That's just going to happen. Um, If you surround yourself with paranoid people all day, eventually you're going to say, maybe somebody is following following me. Maybe somebody did break into my house downstairs. Maybe somebody put bugs 
in my office underneath the desk. Let me check behind the pictures. and You know, you'll start to um, uh, become what it is that you're most surrounded by. So a lot of times, even in our language, we do the same thing with the days of the strong. You know, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday. You know, uh, I think I said Wednesday twice, but, (laughs) you know, it happens when you say them out of order, right? But um, Sunday, Saturday, and we start to say these these words, and we're we're saying them consistently pretty much every day. We probably say uh, a day of the strong, and those ideas begin to implant deeper in us. You know, Thursday, Thor, Friday, you know, um, Frida, Saturday, Saturn, Sunday, the sun, you know, the acknowledgement, the worship, of, worship of the sun, if you will, and and it goes on and go on, go goes on and on and on. So, with that being said, um, a lot of times we begin to imbue ourselves with certain ideas that pull us away from our star, that pull us away from our purpose, just in what we decide to surround ourselves every day with, every day, or the language or the information that we choose to take in. <clears throat> so it's no different than with the planets. You know, um, sometimes people don't know that, you know, they, you know, they stick themselves in certain Western concepts because maybe through a lack of scholarship, they don't know that those concepts or those ideas exist somewhere else and maybe a healthier form. So, for instance, this uh, we'll take an example of like the planet Mars. Right now, we know that there's a Roman archetype Mars, um, the, the deity of warfare. And then we also know that the Grecian archetype is Aries, uh, whose symbol is the ram. You, you, you um, reverse the words of ram, you get Mars, you know, or Mar, again, um, where you get the word, or I'm sorry, the name Mark or Marcel, Marcellus, you know, they all come from that, that Roman, uh, arch, that name, that archetype of Mars. But in our Yoruba, we have Iwawogun or Iwaogun. You know, which is the, that's our name for Mars. Iwawogun. You know, so in that, you have the Iwa that you can hear, and then you have Ogun. You see? So when that planet of Mars, that red planet of Mars is addressed in traditional, you know, our traditional language, traditional times, we immediately made that association with Ogun. We didn't have to travel through Mars or travel through Aries to say, well, that's their deity of war. Oh, we have a deity of war, too. You know, whether we, we might say Heru Kuti or, or Ogun. But <clears throat> when you start to learn the language, you begin to learn, um, not just the language, excuse me, but you start to, when you start to respect that these concepts may exist elsewhere, you make some maybe, maybe healthier correspondences for yourself. You know, you might make some healthier correspondence, just like Uranus, right? Um, the planet of Shango, Uranus, or Ur-Anu, which is really, really, that's the way, that's the right terminology, Ur-Anu. Ur meaning light, and Anu meaning um, those from heaven or those from above. Anu also means man. Uh, anu means a lot of things, <laughs> actually. It also means holy place as well, or sacred place, you know, the light of the sacred sacred place. So Uranus or Ur Anu was considered to be heaven, you know. Uh, but in our Arisha, we have uh, Olare, which is our word for uh, I'm not. I'm sorry, not in Arisha. In our Yoruba, Olare, uh, which is our word 
for Uranus. You know, just like you have um, Iwawo Lokun, Iwawo Lokun. You hear, uh, you probably hear Kun in there. Kun, Ikun means sea. Ikun, like Olokun. But Iwawo Lokun is Neptune. Now, isn't that interesting that Neptune, which is a deity of water, right, um, would also be our planet. We would be calling it for Neptune, Iwawo Lokun, Olokun, who is our, our archetype in the Orisha tradition for water as well as for space. You know, some people think that, oh, you know, Olokun is just water. It actually gets a little different because um, Olokun is the archetype of space. And I don't mean like outer space. I mean the space that exists between things is Olokun, right? So there's this this really this infinite combination of, of understanding where we can kind of under, understand the domains that exist and different Orisha um, and how they express themselves through the planetary energies, you know. Um, like I said, Olokun, Iwa Olokun, represents, representing that space or even dark space, like that mysterious space. But you hear that just in the name, Iwawo, Iwawo. What do you hear there? Awo. It's, you know, Iwawo, the word for star is spelled I-R-A-W-O. A-W-O, that's the key. Awo. Um, the term that we use for ministers and what we call ministers or priests, or what you may call a minister, priest and priestesses, you know, you have Sawo and you have Yawo. But let's just, we'll just make it simple. We'll just say Awo for now. And Awo means mystery, right? Just like you have Baba Lao, but Baba, Baba El Awo, Baba Ola El Awo. you know, it's, it's the fullness of it. So that Awo meaning mystery or meaning secret. Right, so um, when you're looking at the Iwawo, Iwe Awo, some could say Iwe, but there's actually some other. We'll get into that another time because that one also gets kind of deep too. Because it's it's the Iwe or the air or the er or the or, just like in Spanish you have oro, which is gold, <coughs> oro, um, but that er, that light, light of the mystery, right? Because what is a star? Reflecting out, right? So um, again, hitching like you, someone, some people say that hitch yourself to a star, right? We have, we all have our own star. The Orisha have a star. You could imagine it. You do too, right? I've spoken about that before. That gets um, into some of our, our, I guess I, I don't know about say our deeper studies, but definitely our soul studies. When you start to really truly learn about the Okan and, and the soul, and how, um, like I've said before, that. Um, you know the I'm sorry I just got a message popped in. Um, your soul is not on the planet people think that you know there's souls on the planet there's no souls on the planet the planet would explode <laughs> you know just like your body would, would explode if it had a soul inside of it That's it, what it has is it has a reflection and, it, and, a, and a, a movement of a soul which is different you know, because soul is a greater collective energy. And when you receive ME or that breath of life, um, you now have the reflection and the movement from the living soul. You see, so the star itself, we're all reflected stars, if you will. You know, we're all light or oro or ear, um, anu or heru, 
which you notice Heru is very similar to the word Oro or Uru. But it's that light reflection that we represent. We're light bodies, right? So um, a lot of times we think our origins, unfortunately, and we think our total um, manifestations of who and what we are exist on the planet. It's just not true. You see, we're reflecting ourselves and our journey onto the planet. We're reflecting onto the planet, you know, and there's a there's a bi-directional reflection as, as we're reflecting onto the planet as above, so below, right? The law of correspondence. Um, as, we, as we're reflecting onto the planet, we're also reflecting back into the, the into Orun, you know, or the heavens, you know, which our word for the sun, Orun, just like uh, Osupa, Osupa is one of the words we use for the moon or Osu, just by itself is fine too, Osu or Osupa. Um, we're reflecting that energy and it's this bi-directional uh, experience that's happening. You know, in uh, a lot of times when we think of bi-directionality, we think about that messenger energy of Kolabe, or which some of you may call Mercury, uh, the planet Mercury, but we've traditionally called it Kolabe. You know, <coughs> excuse me. So like I was saying, there's that consciousness, if you will, uh, that the star represents, or that Odun, Odun Iwawo, you know, and the Odun is that, that, um, the capacity that that energy has to reflect certain values or certain um, thoughts and energies into your being, just like the moon reflects a certain um, pull or energy into the waters, you know. So it's just important when you're you're looking at the the connection and the crowning information of of that star of Iwawo that you understand the value of it really speaks to maintaining, holding on to your purpose and cultivating that. That's why you would always have that connection with an agricultural archetype of Oko. Because what does the penis do? What does the garden hoe do? What does the farmer do? What does the man, the husband do? Cultivates the mind of the family, cultivates the land, cultivates the mind of the children. That's their job. So where is the husband receiving its guidance from? Well, well, what do we use for guidance? What have we traditionally? What did the, you talk about, well, I talked about the word oro, which was also a connection to the word more, more, M-O-O-R, some of the, the first navigators, right? So what is the husband using to navigate? Well, information from the heavens, information from the stars, the Iwawo Odun, you see? So the husband or Oko, Oduni, well, excuse me, Oko uses that information that comes from the stars and then pours that into the family, pours it into his his woman, you know, his Oberin, uh, pours that into his children, the, the Omo, you know, and so he pours that information, so it comes from the heavens, it comes from the stars into the man, into the family. Now, that's the order of authority. That's the order of authority. This is a very important point. I'm going to expound on this more um, as we go. And and the reason being is because we're seeing a huge amount of damage for those who have eyes to see from the over-feminization of the environment that many of us find ourselves in. And like I said, when you're in a certain environment, you begin to, you know, 
you begin to normalize that environment. You know, if it's okay there, then it, it must be okay. You know, your environment and more importantly, the people inside of your and your environment begin to create standards for you. They create new standards for you. You know, so if I see this this rise of all of this female leadership, you know, then I start to normalize that as being okay and maybe even start to imagine in my mind that that's a form of evolution. We're evolving and not understanding that, no, you're devolving because you're losing your primordial values that were that were at one point pulling you closer to your return and pulling you closer to your purpose. And those stars were providing that navigation for you to do that. Now you're looking down at humans, whereas at one point you were looking to the heavens for guidance. Now you're looking on from a lateral perspective to other people for that guidance. Oh, this is supposed to be okay now. That's supposed to be okay now. And certain things that we knew were unacceptable and the violation of our natural state now become acceptable. You see? And of course, these are subjects that people have a lot of issue with. I never care. I never, ever, ever, ever care. You see? Um, but when you start talking about sex and gender, and I, and I notice it's the same kind of people who always pop up with something to say. I'm not going to say what kind of people, but I just want you to look at the comments. I mean, now, you know, we don't we don't allow disrespectful comments to stay to hang around. But um, when you, if you see them pop up, you'll notice just make a note to yourself. You're going to you're going to notice something, you know, but um, it's we're talking about the reestablishment of the natural order. And of course, there are people who have a huge issue with that because they're dead set on destroying the natural order so that they can have a home amongst the righteous, amongst those whom, who are moving in that way. So um, there's, a, there's a direct correlation, again, between your cultivation and your guidance and your, your submission to that which is above. And, and you're not submitting yourself to astrology or to the stars. They're just metaphorical or analogous representations of that divine guidance that you receive from Ifa, who's connecting the dots, quote unquote, uh, no pun intended. You know, um, when you, I, I'm going to say something that's, that's really important, you know, before I, I close out. <coughs> Men give guidance to their families, men give guidance to their communities, men give guidance to their nations. Period. Period. And we live, we're living in a cursed time now. We're living in a cursed time now where you have females who are providing guidance to men. Even providing judgment to men. Why do you think when you look on, on TV and you see all of these shows with all these female judges, do you, you think that's, that's accidental? <laughs> you think just because they, you know, Judge Judy just looks the best on camera? <laughs> it used to be Judge Wapner <laughs> back in the days. I think it was the People's Court, I think. I had a relative who was on, on that, that show. Um, but, you know, and now you see all of this female judgment. If you look online and you look in social media, he was the first to always shame people. For their statements, the first to always 
jump on someone when they when they say something. You see, <laughs> pay attention to that. Again, what we saturate ourselves with starts to become our norm. So a huge complaint that a lot of women have about men today is that they have no direction. They want to be the boss. And some women will even say, I'll, I'll submit. I don't have a problem. I'll come under your, your leadership. I'll come under you. But what, what's the plan? What are we doing? And there's a lot of guys out here who have no plan, have no leadership, have no backbone. Um, they barely have any masculinity about them. And when you start to have those conversations, they'll start to use neo-cerebral colonial, colonialistic terms. You know, they'll start throwing out terms like toxic masculinity and this guy. This, you see some of the comments under the videos. This guy's into gender roles. Yeah, I'm into gender roles. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm going to keep being into that. I've been consistent with that, if, you, if you've noticed. I haven't budged on that. I'm not going to budge on that. No, there are specific gender roles. We're all beautifully and artfully designed purposely. It's our design is not haphazard. It's not, it's not an accident. We're artfully and beautifully designed in these incarnations that we come through for a specific purpose. And everything that we bring to us is to fulfill that purpose, whether you're a man whether you're a woman, whether you're short, whether you're tall, whether you're handsome, whether you're unattractive, whether you have a deep voice, high voice, squeaky voice, whatever it is, these are all things and tools that you were given for the manifestation of your divine purpose. So you're not to ignore it. And when you begin to pervert it and taint it, now you're falling into the trappings of the beast system. You see? And the beast system is always looking to reverse everything that Oludumari establishes. You see, that's that's their job. And some of you fall right into it. Or some of you are agents of it. Right? Um, so that, that's just what it is. So I expect certain kind of responses at certain times because I know the agents of those systems. Right? But um, men cultivate with the hoe, just like, you know, there's a mental cultivation that happens. There are many... Uh, women who listen to these segments, and you know, I, I was having a conversation with someone recently. Actually, it was a, it was a it was a divination session, and um, the young lady was sharing with me that she's not attracted to men. And then I just said to her, I said, "Well, why not? What's wrong with men? You know, she she's she deals with she's same same gender." Um, and then she just kind of blazed up. Well, I'm not I'm not about to be dominated. We live in America, and I, and I said, "You see." I said, you see all of that that backwards energy? I asked you one simple question. And you see all of that emotion that poured out? Which shows that you deal with females not because you've thought about it and rationalized it. It's just, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. Because, and that feeling is a long-standing emotion that you haven't resolved yet. And it could be from your own rebellion. Maybe something happened to you, whatever, but immediately you couldn't even just say well i'm not attracted to men you see so <clears throat> that's just a small example and you know and she was saying well you know well i'm 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 gay and, and i said okay well that's your business i mean it's wrong <laughs> but you know and and you know i'm i'm direct i'm straight up i'm always going to tell you the truth i'm you know and me telling you the truth, you shouldn't equate it to condemnation just because you may feel it. So we were able to laugh about it. You know, she wasn't like, what? What did you just, you know, we were, we were talking. You know, I said, yeah, it's, it's wrong. But I said, moving right along. 
And she was like, what do you mean? What do you mean it's, it's wrong? I was like, it's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a reactive response to, to toxic stimuli. It's wrong. It's, it's not how we were designed to be. And just the level of imbalance, of gender imbalance that you have inside of you shows that you also have a spiritual imbalance. Right? I won't go too deep into it. Um, you know, but uh, it was an important conversation to have. And, and, I, and I gave the individual some exercises to work on just to start to establish gender balance. But I told us it's going to be a challenge for you because you're going to have to deal with your, your emotional history as it relates to masculinity. Because how can you interact with masculine and feminine energies in the spiritual world and in the world and, and interact with them on a profound level and you have this vitriolic response, you know, to one side of, of the gender that you have inside of you. So how are you perceiving your own masculinity if you have that kind of, of venom held within your heart for masculinity or for men? And what I said to her, I said, now this entire conversation, I have been dominating you. The whole conversation. I said, how do you feel? She was like, well, it's fine. I said, yeah, you see that? It's not so bad. It doesn't mean I'm abusing you. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm condemning you. I'm, I'm, do, I'm just naturally doing what the man is supposed to do. I take out my garden hoe and I start cracking the crust of your consciousness, which is the soil. And I till it over and I till it over and I till it over and get to some fresh fertile, fertile soil and I plant a seed. I plant a thought. And I keep planting, I keep planting, and then I cultivate it, and I water it, and I make sure it gets enough light. And, and if I have to, I even I fertilize it. I mean, it's got to give you some SHIT, you know, whatever it is that I, that I have to do to make sure that you grow and you develop, you see. But I have to put good seed, and the seed of all, the essence of all things is the truth. The essence of all things is the truth. So I have to implant truth into your head, not genetically modified seeds, which keep you coming back for more. You see, just like bad medicine, you know, processed drugs, you know, uh, horrible information, fake self-help information always keeps you coming back for more because there's no seed of truth inside of it. There's none. It doesn't exist, you know. And sometimes the medicine doesn't taste good. That's just how it is. But, you know, if you're truly committed to the work that you do, this is this is what you have to do. So one of the things that, I, you know, I say and I and I share with you and I see this challenge all the times so when when women have issues with men and they don't want that occult experience, they don't want that husband or that that whole, you know, HOE experience. They want the other with the other kind of hoe. Um, and what happens as a result is. You know, picture this. Whatever is given to him, like I always say, it can't be just on you. It has to be in you. Well, and like I I told the young lady, you know, we were talking about sex. I said, well, you don't actually have sex. You just masturbate, you know, because two women can't have sex. They can only masturbate each other. And, um, (laughs) you know, feel free to unsubscribe. Like I said, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to say what's comfortable for you or what your environment tells you you need to devolve into for the purpose of of, of its own evil and wicked plot. You're not going to get that from from Chief Yuya. 
All right. I hate to speak about myself in the third person, but I just did that so you would have the name in case you want to unsubscribe from everything. <laughs> you know, so um, you have to enter the course. The phallus enters the course of the of the female. That's intercourse. That's sex. Outside of that, you're just rubbing on each other. Just like two males can't have sex. There's no course. A man doesn't have a course. You know, so again, they're just rubbing each other in mass. Now, can you build up energy that way? Yeah. Can you build up a certain amount of chi? Yeah, you absolutely can through that level of stimulation. I wouldn't, I would never deny that, but you're not having sex. So if you're not having sex, there's no, there's no natural and divine exchange. You see, the same way the heavens pour into the earth, you know, the masculine energy pours into the feminine energy, the same way the sun pours into the water. You know, or the, the 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 wind pours into the earth. You see, there's a there's a certain exchange. So what happens when you just have womb on womb? And I'm speaking now metaphorically. You know, because right now, for those who are listening, who are receiving, you're taking on the feminine position, the feminine role, and I'm taking the masculine role, and that I'm I'm giving. The feminine takes, and the masculine gives. That's why often in a divorce, that's the biggest complaint that men have. She just took and took and took and took. And now she wants to take it. Yeah, well, that's what the feminine energy does. It's a hole. And it's a hole that receives. It takes, it takes, it takes. So you have to make sure that there's some kind of circular energy. Now we start to get into talks around Kundalini. But we'll, we'll another time. right? Or just listen to the segment that I did on Shakti. That should be on YouTube somewhere. Um, the Shiva and Shakti. Uh, breakdowns that I gave you all but anyway so what happens is when you put it like I said it can't be on you it's got to be in you so what happens when a man is is delivering medicine and light to a woman he's putting it in her because he has the equipment to go into her you see so now what happens when she rejects him and decides she only wants to receive her guidance and instruction from other women well a woman can't put herself into another woman she can only rub herself on another woman so what happens is like anointing oil you know you're just rubbing it on the outside but what happens is it always tends to wear off because it's not in you because once it's in you and it's gestating within the womb of your mind it begins to develop it gestates it establishes itself it continues to live, it continues to expand, it continues to grow until it becomes your understanding. You see, just like a seed that's planted into good soil, it eventually grows. And then now you see, oh, wow, the, the, this, this one little seed here became this, this full plant or this full tree, you know, that now feeds us. And now we understand why this process was happening. You see, this tilling and this 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 cultivating and this breaking ground and this watering we now understand what was being poured into but we couldn't understand it until it was able to manifest itself into something that we could see you see but now when you just have women who are addicted to female leadership they never get anything put into them so they never actually transform and change never hey like i said you can hit the subscribe button <laughs> or you can hit the unsubscribe button. It works both ways. <laughs> We're living in a day and time where people don't want the truth. 
they're barely they're barely able to handle it and that's why so many people run to alternative sciences because they don't want the character and the structure that the Iwawo is calling for, that Iwori Meji is speaking about. They don't want that. They want to use these sciences to justify all of the things that society tells them to do because society is actually lording over their spiritual understanding. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up a, a literary work right now, and that's one of the points that I made in the work. You know, even in your religious and church structures, if you have a church that exists inside of a capitalistic society, nine times out of ten, that church is going to be is going to have a capitalistic spirit. So all they're going to talk about is abundance and wealth. and You can have what you want. And the Lord wants you to have this. And the Lord wants you to be wealthy because you live within a capitalistic society. If you lived within a socialist society, then your, your church environment would speak about everyone having everyone sharing. And things like that and being able to live maybe beneath your means or not, you know, always wanting to desire so much. And that's a problem when your social structures are ruling over your spiritual structures. But that's a commonality, even sadly to say in the spiritual community, the Orisha communities, you know, what we think we're supposed to desire and want and, and conform to as society has told us now becomes our aspiration. So when we're ritualizing, we're ritualizing within that direction as opposed to using the heavens as our standard. You see, because if you begin to use the heavens as your standard, then it begins to shape and reshape and refine your character because the heavens are pouring into you. And when the heavens are pouring into you and you're using your Iwawo as your directional guidance, then then you can then what happens is that pouring or that living truth becomes alive inside of you. Just like the breath and me that Oludumari breathed inside of your Ori, it became alive and it took on its own life experience. You see, but as long as you, you're, you're allowing yourself to be perverted by a society that says, no, just rub it on you. Just have the images and the look of development. Just have the images and the look of cultivation. Just have the images and the look of Orisha spirituality. But don't take on the actual tenets. Don't let it live inside of you, come inside of you. Mm. I didn't. Yeah, let's just say I meant to say that. Come inside of you. You see, when you allow it to come inside of you, then it implants something that now grows inside of you and changes you and leaves an imprint. Now, that's something to think about also whenever you deal with a woman who's had a child with by someone before. I'm not saying that in a good or bad way, but it leaves an imprint. That child leaves an imprint of that previous man within the womb of that woman, within the mental womb, within the spiritual womb, within the physical womb. There's an imprint of that man, especially if that man is still alive. The imprint is even stronger, you see. And I'll get into that some. That's, that's a Chief yet chief Yuya podcast conversation about the imprints. That's, you know, I don't want to get too far off, but I'm addressing here the value of Iwawo, of maintaining course, not losing sight of your navigational course because your social structure urges you to. There's a reason they want you to lose sight of your course so that they can control you. They want to be the guiding light. They want to be the false sun, if you will. And we already have our own planets. We already have our own sun. We already have our own forms of 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 um, positioning, as you will, you see, 
even like we have our we already have our names for the days of the strong for our planets you know like uh Kolarin, which is jupiter or um you know i think I did, mars i told you you know iwawogun you know baweo which is saturn you know we have our directionals already and we we need not pervert them or change them in order to accommodate and appease those who are lost within societal programming and we can we can maintain our course and maintain the truth that's been given to us with humility and with love and that will emanate from you it's it doesn't always have to be this 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 antagonistic war <laughs> that you have to have with with people you know you're here to teach not to not to well some of us are here to teach but those of us who are not here to teach are here to model model that great growth model these great principles that once created great kingdoms you think about you think about how much influence american culture has on your spiritual psyche a country that's that's 249 years old and on the verge of collapse <laughs> not even 300 years old on the verge of collapse and we're talking about wisdom that has built kingdoms over tens of thousands of years and we just do away with it because unfortunately we're not a people of memory we're a pe- people of emotion so if people can tap into your emotions then you forget all of the good things that your memory has done for you i'll give you a great example of this story of Oko. and i'm going this is what i'm going to close out with i thought i was going to close out for this is what i'm going to close out with this 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 pataki so <clears throat> there was a time period in the town of iwawo uh where people were growing food and you know they had their farms and everything because you know traditionally when you read about yoruba culture you read about a lot of agriculture agriculture is a deep science to even understand the uh, psychology of the creator but nonetheless they were growing food and when it came time to harvest they had these beautiful harvests uh three large birds came to the town and devoured all of the crops right so this happened one year and of course everyone was dismayed and unfortunately uh the next year that came when it was time to harvest again those same three birds appeared again and devoured the crops so the people saying oh we're going to starve you know this this happened before it's going to continue to happen these birds are eating all of our food so oko who was a great herbalist um he said i can solve this problem for you so they said okay well let's see what you can do so he created some powerful medicine and he put it into the ground and when the birds came again they didn't devour the crops so everyone celebrated him they said oh ko you saved us you saved us and they made him their king right so in due time oko is in the palace now he's he's a king and shortly after that the people then gathered together and they said you know this man has saved us and he saved our crops he's obviously a very powerful herbalist he has great control over the herbs and he's able to build charms he's a powerful sorcerer what happens if he now takes his ability and his charm and he turns it on us and he treats us unfairly and everyone said no 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 we 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 can't have that we can't have that yeah what if he does it to us 
So what they did was they then removed him from the palace. They said, we don't want you to be our king anymore. They took him. They, they, they took his chieftaincy away. So in due time, they go back to living their life and planting their, crop, their crops and doing what they do. And when it came time to harvest, the three birds appeared again. And the three birds devoured the crops. So <clears throat> now they panic. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do? Let's go speak to Oko. Let's go back to Oko. So they go running into the woods where Oko was because Oko went back to a small hut in the woods. See, herbalists and people who usually have solutions and answers, they tend to be loners. And they went into the woods and said, you have to come help us. You have to come help us. We'll make you king again if you save our, our crops. So Oko said, you know, you people are very ungrateful. You know, I, I came and I helped you out of the goodness of my heart. I never even asked to be king. And you appointed me to be king. It probably was, you know, the fair thing to do. But then, you know, you're, you're so short-sighted. Your memory failed you. All of the great things that I once did for you and all of the things that you prayed and you were so appreciative, you allowed your own ego, your own jealousy, your own envy to ruin you. So I'm not going to come back and help you. But this is what I'm willing to do. He gave them what we know now today to be the Okol staff. The Okol staff. Remember, anytime you see a staff, it represents authority. He said, I will give you this staff, which represents my authority. And whenever you have a problem, thrust the staff into the ground. And you will be saved. I'll give you that to reflect on and to think about in relationship (laughs) to maintaining the cultural and ancestral and moral memory of our elders and and our Akban, you know, our revered elders who have given us a proper way to go. They've given us all we need. All right. So this is Chief Yuya from the Anu Nation. And this has been the Yerisha Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. Go to theyerisha.com. Still got more books coming forth and things like that um, finishing up. But, you know, the Anu Life Global Ministries, it keeps, it keeps me very busy um, dealing with uh, all the stuff that we deal with. So, you know, I do, I do what I can when I can. And, and I want to thank all of you for your patience. Because one thing I can say... People always say, you know, Chief, you know, I want to hear some song. I mean, some some more shows and this and that. But people don't really complain, and I appreciate that. You know, no one like really throws up a a fit. (laughs) So I I want to thank you for that. Even though you know you do put your requests, like, yeah, I would love to hear more, and please teach more, please, please, please. I love listening to you. I love learning. I'm learning so much, but I never really get any hardcore like. You know, anger. <laughs> so I want to thank you all for your, your patience. You know, um, like I said to, to my, my consort recently, I said, what, what king do you know who has a podcast? You know, and I was laughing at myself and saying that, I, you know, and the example I was saying is that sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do um, until somebody else can come along and, and do them. You know, so um, this is just a part of the work. All right. Now think about that story of Oko and think about what was said. And um, I'll see you again.
All right? Chief Yuya signing out. Odabo. <laughs>